Welcome back to the next part of this Truth and Rhythm episode. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. If you've already done so, please share it with friends. Also become a member by joining Truth and Rhythm on Patreon or consider donating at funkinstuff.net. Thank you so much for your interest and support. Enjoy. So a little bit more about Skip. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I just want to mention, so viewers will have their memories jogged, uh, some of the fantastic things he was associated with, um, you know, Friends of Distinction, of course, some yeah. Earth, Wind, Fire with Can't Hide Love, yeah. Left Ballad, LTD. Yeah. Um, you already mentioned Don't Ask My Neighbors, Emotions, uh, of yeah. course, Lovely Day, Bill Withers. Mm. loves holiday earth wind and fire <laughs> um he did a lot of stuff with confunction um yes. big fan of them yeah love he... changes mother's finest yes uh and giving you the best that i got anita baker mm -hmm. so did he ever um talk about any of those like did you get a sense of maybe like some that were his favorites and things like that <laughs> wow well uh he had a song. Well, this is my Skip Scarborough story. <laughs> um, he had a song. He wrote a song called I'd Rather Have You that was on Earth, Wind, and Fire's album. And uh, Jessica Cleves, when she was with Earth, Wind, and Fire, sang that. And it was my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song. Um, when we were dating and uh, we were talking about um, the music that he had written, and I said, you know, my we were talking about Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I said, my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire song is I'd Rather Have You. And he said, you know, I wrote that. And I just, uh, <laughs> I was like quiet for you know, probably 30, 40 seconds. I mean, because, you know, I didn't, I wasn't looking at who wrote the songs at the time, you know, just trying to sing like Jessica Cleves in, in, um, on, the, on the record. Uh, and then when he started to name off the songs that he had written, it was just wonderful, you know, to know, especially like Love Ballad. He said, he did tell me that when he, presented Love Ballad to the record company. It was like um, the, the, the person that was listening to the song says, well, it doesn't have a hook, you know? <laughs> so, you know, we don't want this because it doesn't have a hook. And then of course, LTD records it and it's like their hit song without a hook. <laughs> so he talked about that and um most of the songs he wrote before I before we got together, you know, except for um, giving you the best that I got, <laughs> he wrote that uh, 
Well, he wrote that the original lyric um, has something to do with me. Then, of course, Anita Baker heard it, and then she changed the lyrics. She asked if she could change the lyrics, and that's how she became a co-writer on the song. But he uh, he had some stories about, you know, his songwriting and... Um, he was the, that that was what he did. I, I love the fact before we got a studio in our home and everything, he would uh he would uh call call our business line and record his ideas on the uh, <laughs> on the phone. And then, you know, so he like when it, whenever he would get an idea, he'd call the phone and record it on our voicemail. And then, of course, once we we moved into our house and got a studio in the house and everything, then, of course, he could go right and, you know, record his music. But it was fun. It was fun watching him uh, work it all out in his head. And then, boom, there's a finished product, pretty much. The love ballad was so hookless that it was a hit again for George Benson. <laughs> yeah. How about <laughs> when, I, when he told me that, I was like, hmm. Okay, because it doesn't have a hook, you know, not like the normal verse, chorus, you know, it doesn't have a hook like that. But he's written a lot of songs when when we, uh, with I'd rather have you being my favorite, but, uh, and Lovely Day is just, if he were here today, I think he would really be um, just so happy and thrilled about the success of Lovely Day. You know, it's such a feel-good song for both him and, and Bill. It's just incredible. It keeps getting requested. And it's something, especially during uh, COVID, uh, we got a lot of requests because it was such a feel-good song, you know, to, to help people to feel better about what we were going through as the world shut down, um, but still, people, you know, making it through that time, it just made you feel good. And then it was played, sung during the inauguration. It was just, wow. Yeah. And I'm it's, amazed. It's, it's been in so many films and TV. Just, <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Of course, Skip, uh, I'm sure didn't mind that a lot of his songs were sung by some of the best singers there could be, you know, and you get <laughs> Jeff, Jeffrey Osborne and Anita Baker and Bill Withers and these kinds of people singing those songs. <laughs> Excuse me, just a moment. Absolutely. I got time. all full then. <laughs> yeah, he, um, yeah, he was incredible, incredible man. So I'm okay now. <laughs> hey, understand, understand. And um, what was sort of the, the, the turning point that made you, um, you know, move more towards, um, you know, gospel? And sort of uh, assue, you know, the the R and B or pop side of things. Hmm. I was in um, Japan with radio, Ray Parker and radio. I had no idea it must be love was so popular over there. I went as a part of radio as you know the extra girl singer, and then I had my one moment of singing it must be love. And the crowd went crazy. <laughs> um, I had no idea. 
But at that moment, I, I felt it would be really wonderful to be singing and giving them a different kind of message, you know, a message of uh, life and love and eternity. And I think that's when I really felt um, that I wanted to do gospel. Well, actually, I wanted to do them both. <laughs> because if you noticed on all of my albums, the last song was always a gospel song. So I really wanted to do both of them, gospel and pop. Because actually, there's it's all the same music, you know, just different words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of when it happened. It was that that moment on stage like that an, I, epi- an epiphany of sorts. Epif- there you go. <laughs> uh, that I felt it, and then um, I um, st- we decided, okay, well, I like to do gospel, and I'd also like to do pop as well or R and B as well. So I'm kind of doing that. Like I released um, "While I'm Alone," which is my favorite. Frankie Beverly and May song. <laughs> now, was that to make up for the happiness uh, missing that one? Oh, yeah, we did miss that. That was like, that was crazy. But yes, I've always wanted to do While I'm Alone. So the version that I did was Skip's arra- arrangement of it. We did like an arrangement of it years and years and years ago. And I never got to do it. But I last year I said I'm just gonna do this song and I'm just gonna throw it out there. <laughs> so that's what I did. Yeah. So who helped you with that? So my friend Jonathan Lesane, uh he and uh Greg Granger, the three of us produced it. So it was fun. Greg Granger from Pockets? Uh, from Pockets, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's been yeah. on the show. Yeah. 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 His brother Ron. Yeah. Yes. He and well, Greg is playing drums and Gary is doing the bass bass on there. Um <clears throat> so we we also have a couple of other songs that I wanted to do. Like I wanted to do like um what do you call it? A little EP. But then COVID happened, and then I just kind of like, okay. <laughs> but um while I'm alone, I just I love that song and and you know I put it out. Oh. Didn't promote it or anything, I just put it out there. Yeah, well it's it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Uh and I also gotta mention um the record you did, I guess, was a, a dedication of sorts to Skip, um, who we lost earlier in this uh century. Yeah. Um two thousand three. Uh, yeah. Um Renaissance I thought was really, really strong album you know oh thank you thank you well most of the songs of renaissance were songs that he and i wrote together like you know we were um we were the worship leaders praise and worship leaders at the church that we kind of um actually came to baltimore to be a part of uh so a lot of most of the songs on that that cd we wrote together of course i recorded the CD, you know, after he was gone, except for one song, he did kind of record, um, help to record the song Jesus on there, but the rest of the songs he had already passed away. So, 
I said, you know, I really want to dedicate this to him and uh, the songs that kind of we created during our praise and worship times. Uh, we would come up with ideas at church and then we'd just come home and 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 work through them and we would have a song that we could do the next Sunday, the next two Sundays along with the praise team. So I really missed, missed that when he was gone. I just missed that. Mm. I missed him, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the uh, production's real nice on it. And um, it's just a great soulful, funky, even gospel, you know? Oh, thank you. Well, yeah. it was produced by Jonathan Lesane. He um, he produced it, um, and it was uh, it was fun. He he kind of got the idea of what we wanted to capture. You know, Skip has started it, but of course he passed away. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, oh, I'm just getting all. I haven't talked about him like that in a long time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> totally understand. Yeah. The, the foundation. Um, what year did you start that and uh, what inspired you? Well, I actually um, created the foundation in 2007. I didn't really do anything with it. It was, um, I did it as a, as a, an idea to, like really pay tribute to Skip and also to um, help young, talented people. Like I, I remember when when I was younger and I remember in the seventh grade, and this is part of my story, uh, I wanted to play the violin and um, we couldn't really afford to rent me a violin. So I didn't get a chance to do that. And I, I said, you know, one day I'm going to, um, create a place or something that can help kids if they are talented, but they don't have the finances to take lessons, um, to some way help them. And so the Scarborough Foundation, as a tribute to Skip and also as my childhood wish, you know, to help people, this, this is how it came together. So we had, um, Skip passed away on July 3rd, 2003. So every July 3rd, I was trying to create, have like a, some kind of a benefit or a concert or something. The first one we did was a musical tribute to him, which was wonderful because we did his music and Greg and Gary were a part of that celebration. And it was, it was really wonderful. And we were able to give several scholarships to, public school students, because I, you know, was a public school student myself, and, and I really wanted to be able to help them. Uh, the kids who qualify, because we do have um, requirements. And so if they meet those requirements, um, and they're a, a public school student, then we could give them a scholarship. So I have been able to give scholarships every year to um, some kids. So that's that's been very rewarding to me. That's so fantastic. That's how I got started. Yeah. It's it's so much needed, you know. Uh, unfortunately, um, I guess that you know we have to have people take it upon themselves to make sure that that happens. But you know, thank goodness there are people like you that help facilitate it. So, um, 
I don't know if you're familiar with um, some of the guys from George Clinton's band, um, Benny Cohen, and he was on recently. They have mm-hmm. something uh, in Baltimore area called the the uh, Baltimore Funk Connection, and they're helping um, provide instruments to kids in school and, and oh, wow. things like that. So they just started really pushing that. So Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was... Um... It's interesting uh, to to have something like that available to students, getting them involved, or you know, getting the information out. And when I when I first was really pushing it, um, it was a little difficult to uh, get into the schools, but I was able to uh, to get several applicants you know, and give them scholarships. So that worked out. So basically what we do is if the the student, once they fulfill the requirements, what we do is we give um, monies to or grant or to what is basically money <laughs> to um, the organization that they're going to, who, who's providing like classes. So um, we gave, a couple of students um, scholarships to uh, Peabody, which is, you know, a well-known um, a music conservatory here uh, for lessons, for violin lessons. Um, we've given uh, scholarships for dance lessons. So we actually give the scholarships to the um, the institution that's providing the, um, the uh, classes or lessons to the students. So it's really cool. Have you heard from any of them from the early years? Yes, I have. There's one one uh, uh, young lady who uh, is, uh, she plays the uh, oboe. <laughs> and um, she has done quite well. She's um, actually been at uh, Carnegie Hall Um She's played with a symphony orchestra. She's done really well, and she keeps in touch with me. Her name is Kara. And then there's another young lady who's a bassoonist um, that we gave a scholarship to. And uh, she's a part of, I think she's in um, Connecticut. She's in Connecticut in um, the orchestra, uh, orchestra up in Connecticut, so I, I I think on the website I'm gonna like reach out to where are they now, find out about all the kids who, you know, we've given scholarships to, um, to see what they're doing now. One young lady we gave a scholarship to, she graduated last year from Morgan State University and she's a vocalist. And uh she invited me to her um when she was uh doing her uh her master class, her presentation. And it was just really wonderful to see, you know, to be there, to experience that and to know that I helped in some small way. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Cool. That's, uh, I imagine it's just got to be the, the best of the whole process right there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah wonderful. Wow. So. Well, um, credit to you for uh, keeping that going. Thank and, you. Uh, so, uh, Alton, for this segment, I have a, uh, a friend who's an avid, avid record collector. He's in the UK, and uh-huh. uh, he digs really deep for some of these uh, records and sessions that uh, artists have been a part of, or he thinks maybe they have been. Um, and he's got a few questions that I want to throw at you and just okay. see what you can uh, remember. 
Okay. Your first solo 45s um, on world records has no date on the label. He says, was it January 8th, 1974? Or I guess thereabouts, if you remember. Oh, world records. Uh, world records, yes. That's, that's, uh, uh, I think on there is 840 on world records. Um, um, I know my first recording came out in 1971. That was Comeback Baby. And then it might have been 1974. I'm not really sure. It seems like... Um, it might have been 1974 because I worked at the post office. Uh, I left the post. And I left the post office in 1975. I worked there for five years. I did my first recording in 1970, 1971, and um, I. Uh, well, that's really going back. Um, <clears throat> I remember 8:40. And there was a, um, I don't know that 840 was on world records. I'm trying to think on world records because I see the label. It was green. <laughs> he a says, green. Well, he notes that one was produced by uh, Will Credenton. Yes. Uh, that was 840. And there's another song that he produced. Uh, that label was blue. World Records was um it was a DJ, what is his name? Uh Moon Man. That was Moon Man's label, World Records. Um Wow. So it could have been 1974. No, no. I can't remember. So was the um Bernard Purdy first or the Woke Credit? Bernard, Bernard Purdy. Bernard Purdy was first. So um, my first recording was Come Back Baby and Bernard Purdy and uh, Richard T and uh, Chuck Rainey was the bass, the mm. bass player. Yes. Um, <clears throat> that was the very first recording. The, the recording on world records is the way you love and understand. I remember that. And uh, way you love and, uh, yeah, I remember that. So it was 840, uh, the way you love and understand. But Comeback Baby was first. So Bernard Purdy was first. And, and he did a play on it also, like you said. Yes, he did play on it. He and Richard T and Chuck Rainey. I remember that. Did you do any other uh, work with uh, with Will? Because um, he did a lot of stuff into the seventies. No, I just uh, just those two uh, songs. I know he did the arrangements for them. He also notes that uh, okay, he said uh, Floyd Barnes was involved as a writer. Yeah. Um, so Floyd Barnes was the gentleman that I met at the post office who. Yeah got you know got me started in the music business and yeah he wrote comeback baby he wrote 840 as well he wrote all the songs um that I did basically before I moved out to California 
all right, he skips to the uh, Alton and Destiny records. Uh, mm-hmm. He wanted to personally thank you for the third one as being stunning. Oh, well, Tom, thank you so much. That means so much to me. Wow. Uh, and let's see, I think he had, uh, oh, Rocky Robbins. Rocky Robbins. Yeah. What's the uh, association there? So um, Skip produced um, uh, one of his albums, and he actually recorded, Rocky did a song that Skip and I wrote together called um, Nothing Like Love. Nothing like love when it's real. Yeah, that's the Rocky Robbins connection. And I did sing on uh, some of the backgrounds on on that project that Skip produced with Rocky Robbins. And you had a credit with Fred Wesley? Uh, Fred Wesley. I know he played on uh, <laughs> on, on that on uh on my music i was taking uh for, for a brief moment i did take some music lessons from fred wesley he was teaching me to read to sight read just briefly but i remember fred wesley yeah were you on his house party record in 1980 no no okay Mm-mm. i wasn't on any of his recordings that i remember yeah we just uh knew each other Wow. Um, Jogging my memory. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's been so long ago. Two double side 45s. It turns me inside out. Yes. It turns me inside out uh, from Curb Records. With uh, Lee Greenwood. Mm. Um, A Lee Greenwood song. Yeah. And Steve Buckingham produced that. Um. He produced a whole album, but it didn't, um, it wasn't released. He's asked um, if you can recall who the backing musicians were um, <laughs> and who is De- who's W. Perry. W. Perry? Says it, the hit and run writer. Oh, I remember him. He played the bass on it too. Yeah. The 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 writer played bass. He was the bass player. I remember that. Um, that's the only thing. Of course, it's Steve Buckingham. I remember, and the drummer. I can't remember his name, but I remember him. <laughs> I remember his his drumming in the studio uh, was really cool. Uh, and I know that he. Um, I think he was um he he played on is it Malco is that the name of the record Malco Records? Oh, yeah, I remember that label. Yeah, yeah, that label Malco Records. Um uh yeah. And he knows that um Dee Marie and uh, Roberta did um backing vocals on the Mace track Dwayne Payne. Yes, they did. And yeah. he's wondering if you did it, but were uncredited. <laughs> nope, I I wasn't on that session, unfortunately. <laughs> no, um, yeah, because we we were headed toward happiness, <laughs> but we didn't get a chance to do it. So they they got to work on uh, joy and pain, and I'm I missed that session. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right, we'll wrap that up for Martin uh, and, and those questions. Thank you for that. Um, oh, you're welcome. Before we uh, wind this up, Alton, um, what would be, uh, I'd like to ask guests, there are five Desert Island albums. So if you could only uh, have five albums to listen to for the rest of time, um, <laughs> what do you think they might be? It can't be totally definitive, but just for us talking right now, what comes to mind? Well, I'd definitely take the Maze album, uh, like May's greatest hits, because I love Frankie Beverly and May's, you know. And I would take um, my favorite Aretha Franklin album would be uh, Live at the Fillmore West. I don't know if you've heard that. Hmm. And um, I'm thinking Isaac Hayes. Um, the album that has Walk On By on it, because I love that song. I like this uh, saxophonist. Um, his name is Paul Walker. And I really like a lot of his music. I've, I've, I've got like a, <laughs> quite a collection of, of his music. So I would take one of one of his albums so I could have my smooth jazz uh, <laughs> music, which to me is like R&B, but um, his album. And then, so that's four. I would take a Donnie McClurkin album because I love his voice as well. So there you go. That's All right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I am a musician, so I'm going <laughs> trying to figure out who would I take. I have, I have a playlist called, I call it, my clean the house music. <laughs> I have so many artists on there. Like um, I have Michael Jackson's rock my world and the break of dawn. And then I have some Paul Walker and then I have, uh, uh, Oh gosh. Uh, Kim waters. Um, I have so many, you know, it's, it's like a mix of my favorite kind of songs. There's a song called The World is Mine. Um I can't remember the artist's name, but um I heard the I heard the song on a, a TV show that I was watching and he's a British artist. Um but he sounds so good. Uh I have just a quite a mix of music, you know, on my playlist. Uh, Alton, is there is there one uh, show in particular that stands out from your Destiny heyday um, that just was especially unforgettable for whatever reason? The very first one, the very first concert that we did um, was with it was it was in Dallas, Texas, and I remember us really preparing for it, and we were on um, it was. Uh, Let me think. It was um, GQ. And I think Peebo Bryson was the headliner. And we had, you know, we prepared for that show. We had flown into New Orleans to work with the band that would be our band. They would call the LA Connection. And that show just really brought everything to life. You know, we practiced it. We had on our costumes and woo. 
<laughs> and just walking out on that stage was was fantastic. Um, that show stands out. And then also we did uh, <laughs> Madison Square Garden. That was incredible as well. And uh, we played some really nice places as we were um, with Teddy Pendergrass. And we did Teddy. Well, he was always the headliner um, and we were the opening act. And then the 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 third act uh, often changed. But um, the best show was us, Mays and Teddy Pendergrass. So that's several shows. <laughs> so one of the Teddy show was at Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yeah. And we were the opening act for him. That was incredible. And then we 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 played a theater in the round. I don't think it exists anymore in Wallingford, Connecticut. And we were Teddy's opening act. And of course, it was just us and him. And I fell on stage. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I I I fell. It was like I I don't know what happened. <laughs> I just fell and I'm on the floor. And the music is gone and the girls are walking past me looking and then I just got like this on the floor. And I finally got up, you know, it took me a while, but it was doing one of our songs. It was doing the, like the um, the break in the song. <laughs> and I got up in time to to end it. And then at the end, I said, I was so embarrassed and, and, uh, and uh, Dee Marie said, but she can sing. And then everybody claps, you know. Because it was really something, but it, you could hear when I just, I fell. I know I didn't, it wasn't like I tripped or anything. I just fell. I don't know what happened. Anyhow, that was something. <laughs> <laughs> <Wow>. Good memories. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so yeah. Uh, what might you uh, bring us in the future? Well, I'm working on um, uh, doing I'd Rather Have You, which is, you know, my favorite Skip Scarborough, Earth, Wind and Fire song, and a couple of other songs that I've written myself and um, some covers of like my favorite. Like I like to just do a nice little EP of, of about five or six songs. Um, my project, actually two EPs, um, and, the project idea is the best of both worlds where I'm doing gospel and R&B. So that's what I'm working on now. And Grangers have their finger in that too? or Well, yes, Greg and Jonathan and myself, we're producing it. So yeah, Greg is really cool. Uh, cool guy. Yeah. And Jonathan and Jonathan and Skip were like, um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think if who Jonathan worked with that, uh, you know, I could mention that maybe people would know him. But anyway, he's an incredible engineer. Um, I call him the Bishop of Sound because he's a great engineer. And he also does um, design, studio design. And um, he's an audio person. Um, he sets up... Um, the sound in churches with his business Sixer Services is the name of his business. There's a little plug there, but um, <laughs> he's really incredible. So we're all working together um, to do the music that you know that I really want to do. 
gospel, the best of both worlds, gospel and R&B. Yeah. So when do you think? Uh, late this year, early next year? Probably next year, early next year. Yeah. How can folks keep up with what you might have going? Well, I need to uh, update my website. I do have a website, com. So I'll have all the information on there when it, you know when it's time, release information and everything. Whatever I'm doing, um, I'll put on the website just so that people can keep in touch and stay current. Fantastic. And yeah. did you ever get to meet Maurice White through Skip? Uh very early on, not, um, did I meet him? Yes. Very early on. I, um, I met him, you know, through Skip. I wasn't sure how tight they might've been. So, but the guys, um, they call me family, the, the principals, um, uh, Ralph Ferdinand and Philip. Yeah. They actually did a video for the very first Scarborough Foundation um, tribute performance. They did a video for me. It was really cool Mm -hmm. Uh, because they were in town. They couldn't be here when I had the actual event, but they were in town. Like my event was in July. They were in town in April. So they they took the time to do a video. Uh, And I gave them an award because we have the... um, the Scarborough Foundation Award. I gave it to them, and uh, it was really cool. Yeah, those if guys. Pe- if, if people want more information on the foundation, uh, where should they go for that? The, they can go to the Scarborough Foundation dot org, and uh, that's the website for it. And um, all the information is there. The scholarship is uh, unfortunately only for Maryland public school students right now. Uh, it would be nice to expand it, but right now all we can handle is is Maryland, the public school students in Maryland. And uh, but I do have a vision for it to be uh, national. That would be incredible. Yeah. Well, I think your career has been pretty incredible, and I appreciate you sharing it with us uh alton it's been a lot of fun thank you so much i you know i appreciate you asking me to um to come on your your podcast and it is a podcast right yeah (laughs) i I think it's i like to say it's more than a podcast but (laughs) um but thank you for having me on i'm just um uh, it's it's wonderful to remember the times you know and the fun i had as an artist and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to doing more. Yeah. And I bet you weren't thinking back then that, uh, what, 40 years later, whatever it is that people would be asking you about and they'd still be listening to that music. Oh my gosh. You know, <laughs> I'm thinking about, uh, maturing. Um, no, 40 years ago, I didn't think about now, you know, but I'm glad to be here now you know, to be able to to um, have such great memories. And I'm still looking forward to life. You know, it's it's life is wonderful. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Truth and Rhythm. A big thank you goes out to our guest as well as to you, the viewer and listener. Also much gratitude to Pleasure for supplying the show's funky opening and closing music. 
As a reminder, you can always access the complete list of linked shows by episode at funkinstuff.net. I urge you to support this program and receive the extra benefits along with that by subscribing to the Funk and Stuff channel on YouTube and sharing it with funk, R&B, and jazz lovers, joining Truth and Rhythm's membership program at Patreon, submitting a donation at funkandstuff.net, buying Everything is on the One, the first guide to funk book at Amazon, shopping at the Funky Things store for cool merchandise at funkandstuff.net, and linking through funkandstuff.net for all of your Amazon purchases. In addition, if you're an artist or anyone seeking proven, results-oriented, professional marketing, PR, writing, or editing consultation or production, check out the Media Services section at funkinstuff.net. Also, I encourage you to drop me a line at scottg at funkinstuff.net. I love the feedback, suggestions, guest requests, appearance and sponsorship inquiries, and just talking about my favorite subject, groove-based music. For now, and as always, this is Scott Dr. GX Goldfine saying, keep on keep vibing, on vibing to the rhythm of the one.